This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats, and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. It's a Chelsea debut at last for Terry Phelan, who's been injured since signing from Manchester City. Hello. Furlong in the wide position, useful cross, Newcastle have been struggling in the air, conceded nine of the 14 goals they've let in in the Premiership to headers, and Phelan in there with an early header for Chelsea. Hello Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Day podcast, I am delighted to welcome our guest on the show today. He made 24 appearances for the club and he played alongside the likes of Dan Petrescu, Steve Clark, and Rude Hullet. Here is Terry Phelan. Terry, welcome to the Blue Day podcast. How are you? I'm great, thank you very much here in Bangalore in India. It's just raining now, so it's taking a little bit of that hot, humid heat out of the air and I've just come out of the gym, believe it or not, so... Uh, I'm here speaking to yourself regarding Chelsea and topics regarding myself at Chelsea. So, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm really pleased that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still remembered uh, at Chelsea. You're fantastic. Well, we're going to go through your time with Chelsea because it was at the stage in the mid to late 90s where, you know, English football was changing. It, 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 it was certainly evolving and it was around about the time with the Euro 96 as well where people thought England... Football was coming home. But we'll, before we discuss your time with Chelsea, I want to sort of discuss about you in particular. And what are your earliest memories of getting involved in football? Well, obviously, again, like probably a lot of people my age of 56 years of age is playing on the streets, you know, in the back streets, in the back alleyways, the back entries uh, of Salford, Manchester and Sligo in Ireland. Uh, and, that, and that's what we used to play. We used to play games called Kirby, Wally. You know, Wembley, you know, World Cup, when the World Cup was on, Wembley, when Wembley was on, obviously. Uh, if you had no friends uh, to come out and play, you'd play Kirby. If you're in the Kirby, you throw the ball against the Kirby, it'd come back to you, catch it on your chest, you fire, you give yourself points, you know, you, you, you always tested yourself. If there was no one to play out, you played against the wall. And I used to call it me and the wall. It's not because I didn't have no friends, it's just because they didn't want to play football with me because I was probably a little bit too good for him. But no, it was absolutely brilliant. And you, you learn about yourself an awful lot, we, we, you know, when you've got to come up with different ideas and different uh, topics on the streets. And then when the lads did come out, you know, you, you're playing against uh, gable end houses. You know, you've got the curbs in the, the, the cobble streets. I say cobble streets, because it was like that back then in, in, uh, in Manchester and Salford. And... You played, it could be 10 aside, it could be 20 aside, but you learn quickly. You learn how to deal with things quickly. You learn how to grow up quickly. And if you were one of the smallest of the pack, you had to toughen up quickly and all, in a lot of aspects. So when we talk about football for me, it was my first game ever game I watched was the 1976 FA Cup final. I think you might remember Manchester United against Southampton. And don't forget, I was a City fan. You know, my first shirt was a City shirt. So, you know, uh, I was likely to wear that City shirt out on the street when Manchester United got beat off Southampton. And then onwards, I used to love watching Manchester City when we could on TV. Uh, Liverpool was a team then, wasn't it? Winning, your, you know, your European Cups and, and the, uh, the old First Division. So, you know, I, I mean, I was glued to the TV. And whatever I learned off the TV, I tried to emulate it back on the streets, basically. Who were your footballing idols growing up? 
Oh, well, I mean, we, listen, we didn't have a lot to look at, really, did we? We had match of the day. I watched anybody. I watched everybody. We had match of the day. And we had a show called Kickoff with Elton Wellsby on, I think that was on ITV then, you know. So we didn't get a lot of football. You know, if it was, uh, obviously, I, I love watching Liverpool. I love watching Dennis Stewart at Manchester City. Peter Barnes, when he was at Manchester City. Uh, obviously, Brian Kidd, when he come back. I think Dennis Stewart was one of mine. Uh, but for Liverpool, you know, you can go through Alan Hansen. I, see, I used to love watching Liverpool play now because they were fast, fluid, wonderful football players. Graham Sooners, Ian Callaghan. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. Ray, Ray Kennedy, Alan Kennedy, mm. Ray Clements. I mean, but then when you, you you look at the city side, when Trevor Francis come for a million pounds, Steve Daly come for a million pounds, Man City was spending money back then and all. They, they was the table toppers and spending money there. But yeah, I mean, and then internationally, obviously, it was the Brazilian soccer teams, Idair, Falco, Junior, you know, uh, Zico. I think it was was that time and all. And then obviously Diego Maradona come on the scene. So uh, a, a lot of good, a lot of good, a lot of good sides. And you know, anytime the big clubs like Chelsea and Tottenham played on TV, I was always glued to it. So I was just a lover. Of, I was just a lover of football. I just watched any type of football what was on TV. But you know, then players are mentioned, Dennis Stewart and the few Liverpool players and the few Manchester City players. Yeah, that was. That was for me, yeah. Sorry, no Chelsea players there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but, that's for, uh, Ray Wilkins. Ray Wilkins <laughs> was obviously a fantastic player when he was at Chelsea. You know, Chelsea had some lovely players. Oscar didn't he? You know, some fantastic players coming through Chelsea in the day. I'm sure we'll talk about some Chelsea players in a minute, but obviously before we talk talk about your time when you signed for Chelsea, you obviously built your career. You had some notable moments including winning the FA Cup with Wimbledon you also appeared at the World Cup with Ireland in 94 in America in 95 you were playing for Manchester City as you said when did you start hearing the reports or rumours that Chelsea were interested in signing you I never that was the best part about it I, I oh, never right. you know I never I, I never had any inkling I was going to leave Manchester City of um if I'm really honest, I never wanted to leave Manchester City. I was I was comfortable there. I think I had an hamstring injury uh, and I was getting over that and I was looking to get back in the side. And then one day I get called into the office, out of the treatment room, listen, we're selling you to Chelsea. I said, well, I, I don't really want to go to Chelsea. I'm settled in Manchester. I'm playing for my boyhood club. Why, why, why do I want to leave? You know, I want to be part of, you know, uh, this generation, no matter where it goes. And, it was, sorry, Terry, Chelsea have made a, a bid for you. We need to take the money. We're a little bit strapped for cash. Uh, and, we, you know, we'd like you to think about it and, and take the offer. And at the time, I thought, I weighed it up and I said, listen, there was a few other clubs coming for me, but I met Glenn. Uh, I met Glenn Oddle uh, and Gwyn Gwil, Williams. Uh, and they said, listen, we're, trying, we're going to rebuild it. You know, and I heard that at Manchester City when I went first went with Peter Reid, he had this blueprint and we wasn't far off. We were two or three players off. So I thought, you know what? <laughs> Ironic. I thought, yeah, I'll go down to Chelsea. You know, they told me the players who was doing bringing in, they identified me identified myself as a uh, a wing back, getting up and down there. Uh and that's what Glenn wanted. And I said, You know what, Glenn? I love watching you as a, a Tottenham player. Uh, I love your philosophy. I love that you want to play football and bring me down there. I had no hesitation. I, I was down there uh, within three or four days. So it was through Glenn, after speaking to him on multiple occasions, you felt, yep, yeah, this is the right thing for me, for my career, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was it. He, he, you know, he was selling us a blueprint. He said, listen, I'm going to be the first. We're going to be the first ones to start bringing the, the, the foreigners in. We're going to bring some good foreigners in. Foreigners who might be, you know, the tail end, but we'll, we'll, we'll start the blueprint. And, and I thought, you know what, Glenn, Gwyn, this is absolutely brilliant. I, you know, I met the uh, Ken Bates, the, uh, the owner then. I said, yeah, this is great. Let's, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really enjoyed. I knew London anyway. I've been at Wimbledon. Uh, so I knew London very well. And I thought, well, why not? I'm, 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 I, it was basically coming back home again, really. 
because you signed for Chelsea, the fee I believe was around seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Excuse me. What was your first meeting like? Well, oh dear, I don't know where the I don't know where the other two hundred and fifty thousand pounds went because I heard it was a million. So somebody must have been doing something wrong there anyway. But I'm only joking. No, no, I mean money in a wallet. Yeah, don't don't forget. But Dennis Wise was there and all, and Dennis went. I remember going out with Dennis uh, for a few uh, a few glasses of wine, and he convinced me and all Dennis. And then I met Ken, and he just said, "Look." This is what we're doing. You know, we're in a little bit of a war with, with things going on upstairs, but you don't worry about that. We trust you. Get on, get down there, get yourself fit and start playing for the Blues and you'll be you'll be happy. And I went, yeah, I went round the training ground, met the players, you know, some wonderful Andy Myers, some wonderful young players there. Obviously, John Terry was coming through the ranks then and Jody Morris, all them wonderful array of uh, talented young players. And I thought, yeah, I love this place. And... Uh, Hopefully, I can stay here. Do you remember your first day at Harlington when you had to go training for the first time? Well, yeah, because I had to go into the treatment room because it, it didn't sound too good. What, we've just paid a million pounds for you or whatever it was and you're injured already. I says, oh, you know how it is, guys. You know, I'll, I'll get myself fit, no, no problem. And to tell you the truth, I said that Man City, I will not go to a club not being fit because I don't think it's right. And I remember Glenn having a word with, I think it was Alan Ball then, he said, look, we'll take him down, we'll look after him, we'll get him fit. Uh, but it, it wasn't the right sign for me to do that. But I went down anyway. Uh, the medical staff was absolutely fantastic, brilliant, brilliant group of lads, wonderful club, fantastic supporters. I mean, what more can I say? <laughs> well, we'll talk about your debut, and it was a, in a game against Newcastle United. It was on the 9th of December, '95. Uh, that them at the time were competing for the Premier League. They were having a good run under Kevin Keegan. What memories do you have of that game in particular? Well, obviously, Ginola was playing there. I, I, he must have been playing there at that time. And Les Ferdinand, they had a, a, a wonderful team, a wonderful array of players. And they was they was bombing on all cylinders. They come down to us. Did we win that game? We did, yes. Uh, I believe it was Dan Petrescu who scored the only goal. Yeah, yeah. So... You know that just told you what we was made of, and you, you mentioned in a you mentioned in a play there, Dan who played on the other side on the right side, uh, him and Clark, he was always battling for that. Uh, I don't remember a lot about it to tell you the truth. You know, it was just about going out there like every club I've gone out there for and pulling my socks up and winning the fans over. You know, because yeah, they were struggling for left backs. Andy Myers was only uh, a, a young lad there. Uh, and, you know, obviously, Tony DiRigo had gone long time ago with another That's wonderful right. left-back. He'd gone long time. So, he really struggled. But I remember I could have went to Chelsea before I joined Man City. Uh, and I think it was Ian Porterfield was was the manager because they just got Dennis Wise. I think Vinnie Jones went there and Dave That's Besson yeah. went there. Uh, Andy Townsend was there. And, you know, Dennis was like, Terry, get over there. But I think they didn't want to pay the two and a half million pound fee, which was an awful lot of money anyway. And I thought it was disgustingly uh, too much. I thought, you know, one and a half million was enough. But no, I don't really know a lot about the game, to tell you, if I'm really honest. Uh, but what I remember is, you know, running out onto the pitch and I, I, we was rebuilding the back end of the goal. I remember that was rebuilding because it was building the uh, the hotel then. And it seemed a bit strange, you know, but it was all about football for me and, and getting out there and showing the fans and the manager what he'd laid 750 odd a million pound out for. What were the fans like with you in terms of the reception? Did you feel you got a nice reception? And in terms uh, of obviously during your time, what were they like with you? I, you know what? You know what? I get goose pimples. Uh, just brilliant. I mean, I, 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 I cannot. You know, I, I, you know, the pleasure I got running out on Stamford Bridge. Don't forget, I played there many occasions. Yeah. And I saw the fans knew what it was like. I remember playing against Dennis Wise when he went there, and Dennis Wise gave me a little, you know, slap round the cheek, a right feel. Oh, you know, and I turned around and went, Dennis, you're going to be playing against me out there, and you know what I'm like. You know, I'm. I was playing. We was playing for Wimbledon. I said, "There's going to be no messing about." Then, and I don't know if Dennis went off at half time or he, I, I was picking him out of my pocket. Sorry, Dennis, if you're listening, but you know, <laughs> uh, but 
I just thought the fans was magnificent, and they're still magnificent fans now. I'll always, I'll always remember Chelsea. It's, it's, it's a place to me heart, you know. I, I look at plenty of pictures when I was got that the, the blue shirt on, and mm-hmm. I was very proud. I was very proud to play for Chelsea. I'm very, very proud, proud, very proud still now that I'd played for Chelsea. Another game that was quite notable that season against Newcastle was in the FA Cup. We drew with them mm. at Stamford Bridge, and then we had to have the replay at St James's Park. It went to the penalty shootout. You was on the pitch at that point. Was you looking to maybe take a penalty as part of the shootout, or was you sort of a little bit like, no, I'd rather the attackers take it? Hey, listen, I put I put Mikagul on straight away and went to the back. You know, I, I could take penalties, but, you know, I let the, the top classmen uh, do that. But I remember, I, I think I remember Peter Beardsley, he was taking his penalty or something like that, or they, or they got a penalty and they missed a penalty, I don't know. And I picked the ball up and walked away off the penalty spot. And we had used to have a bit of banter then. And the referee went, hey, come on, uh, Philo, come on, don't be, don't be, you're not at Wimbledon now, you know, you're at a respectable club like Chelsea, don't be messing about. Put the ball back down for Peter. And I think Peter was messing up and I picked it up again and put it down. And he missed the penalty, I think. I think he missed the penalty. And we went on. I think we went on. I can't remember a lot, to tell you the truth. We went on and I think we we won the game. Yes, I think. Yeah, we did win on penalties. Yeah, we did win on penalties. And that was a bit like... Uh, I, we. It was a bit like, to tell you the truth, Man City. We got to the quarterfinals and we thought we was going to win the FA Cup. I think it was 92 or 93. I think it was 92 or 93. But yeah, we got beat off Tottenham. And I'm, and I'm going to Chelsea think, yes, now now this, now, now this trophy's probably coming to Stamford Bridge now, yeah. Our form was quite inconsistent, though, around that period under Glenn. You know, we would beat Middlesbrough 5-0, Gavin Peacock's scoring a hat-trick. But then a week later, we'd lose to Coventry, we'd lose to West Ham. Looking back now, you know, what would you take you, the reasonings to be in terms of Chelsea's out of form? Because we certainly had decent players and we had a decent manager that had the ideas to play good football. Was there any sort of reasoning you could put down to why Chelsea weren't consistent enough that we were going higher in the league? Well, I think we were still... I think a lot of players were still finding the feet who'd come into territory. You know, we, we, don't forget, we, we, you know, we were the first real big ones to, to, to get the foreign brigade in. You know, you look at the the influx of foreigners what come into Chelsea then. And, you know, it, t- it took time. It took six, seven months, really, for them to settle in. You know, you can't blame the manager all the time. We can't blame Glenn. We can't blame Peter Reid. We can't blame the manager. Players have to take the ownership. I have to take the ownership. If I wasn't doing my job, then I let the manager down. I let the club down. I let the fans down who was paying for me. Uh and sometimes you just have a little bit of luck, sometimes you don't. And yeah, we had a bit of inconsistency. We had an awful lot of players coming in. I mean, Mark Hughes come in, uh, Dan Podrescu come in, I come in. We were still finding our feet, and yet it takes time. And you know, you, you know, and and uh, you look, you, you look at other teams. It took it took time. I I can't remember the dressing room was great. You know, we had Viali coming in, we had Zola coming in. I think after that we had. Uh, Rude Hullet coming in, so we had a, a nucleus of players coming in there, but it just takes time. And I think, I think Glenn was still tinkering with the formation and right. all. You know, he wanted to play this expansive football, which was fantastic. Push people forward, push your fullbacks forward. You know, get five, six people going forward. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times we got caught in the transition moments because it was that fluent going forward. That we we, we we was exciting going forward, but then we just got caught uh, in them transition moments. But you know, if you look, if you look, the same players of what they did a couple of years later, it was unbelievable. You know, and, and Glenn was still finding his feet, still finding the ribbon, still knowing about his players. Uh, and I thought, you know, that you know, it happens, doesn't it? You know, Man City could get beat tomorrow, couldn't they? And everybody think they've had a bad season. Well, we beat Wimbledon in the FA Cup quarter-final replay and it was, was getting to the stage where people were starting to think about could it be our year. Was there talk inside the dressing room that Chelsea could win the FA Cup in 96? No, no, no. We we took every game as it came. There was no there was no feeling. You know, we trained how we needed to train. We 
We prepared for matches how we needed to prepare for matches. That Wimbledon game was a hard game. Uh, very, very, very tough two games at Stamford Bridge and at uh, Sellers Park. Very, very tough. What, what I can remember. Uh, I think we played in the... We had a orange... I'm looking at orange and grey kit. I've, I've, right. I've, I think I've, I think one of the lads sent me a picture only because it was the FA Cup uh, and I was watching Man City last week. They sent me uh, a clipping and I think it was me, Rude and somebody else was celebrating a goal. I think Rude scored. I'm not too sure. But no, there was never no talk about it. Not, not a thing. You mentioned Rude Hullet. He was becoming a major influence at the club since he signed in the summer of 95. Did you build a good rapport with him? Uh, Rude was Rude, yeah, yeah, and no, really, yeah. As a player, it was it was great, and I think he, he, everybody was super professional. You know, we we had a laugh and a joke, but it was all super professional. And I was always in the gym, and you know, obviously, Rude had been through his trials and tribulations with injuries in his knees and that. Yeah, I mean, we always grab a coffee together. We was in London, me, him, and Dennis, and a few of the other lads. So there was never no never no problem there. I I I, I, I wouldn't think so. There was never no problem. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, he played. He, he was fantastic. Obviously, he was coming to the end of his career. But, you know, I mean, when he played and when he trained, he was absolutely... He didn't train an awful lot because of his knees. Uh, but when he when he played, he was absolutely fantastic. You know, and watching him in the 90s for AC Milan and Holland, I mean, what what, what can't you say about Rude as, as, as a player? Out of truth, ah, he had that arrogance, that Dutch arrogance, and he swung about. But I think Dennis Wise has soon cut him down to size every now and again in the lad, so it just showed you. Well, one pivotal game in '96 for us was the FA Cup semi final against Manchester United at Villa Park. Do you mm. remember a little bit before the game what was said that Glenn Hoddle tried to encourage you guys in the dressing room beforehand? Do you know what? was said in regards to what was Dennis Wise was like. And also, what was the atmosphere like with the Chelsea fans? Because I, I believe uh, what stories I was I've been told, the atmosphere was electric, that the, you know, the whole crowd, or Chelsea fans, well, it, well, it was a complete sellout. Well, I mean, I can't listen. I, I mean, it's, it, I don't know how many years ago it is now. Is it 30 years ago or something like that? I, I mean, uh, sometimes I can't remember my own name, my own date of birth, never mind back then. I can't remember a finger in the dressing room to tell the truth. Uh, the excitement, I can remember the excitement of the fans at Villa Park. The pitch wasn't the greatest. Manchester United was shit scared of us, to tell you the truth, because they knew we was we was in for a game. And uh, and I, what I do remember is we played, I played for Ireland, I come back on a Thursday, and Glenn had had me out coming inside and clipping balls with my right foot, I believe. And, you know, we did that on a Friday and all. And I, and I got I got very fatigued because I'd already played on the Wednesday and then I did a heavy load the Thursday and the Friday. And, you know, I was very, very fatigued. Uh, so, no, I mean, the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. And uh, when when we scored, we had belief that, hang on a minute, we, we were absolutely battering Manchester United. Cantona, Giggs, Beckham was absolutely murdering them. They didn't, the first half, they couldn't live with us. We went in at half time and we went, we're gonna we're gonna score another five or six. And to be fair, we should have been two or three up in the first half. Yeah. You know. Uh but the second half we come out, we're still playing, playing well and doing the things what we, we had to do, still had a couple of chances. And I, I, I do remember how they scored their goal, but be, before that, we went on a counter attack uh from I believe it was a corner. Manchester United at the corner where I went and it broke out to me and I was in acres of space and I'm and it was I don't know three v two and I'm bombing on and the next thing boom, my thigh muscle went on my right foot where it was curling balls in on the Thursday and Friday fatigueness click and I and I stopped I should have come straight off but I thought no I'll run it off it's just fatigueness and then obviously you know we all make mistakes in football and we, we we've made mistakes. And I think Craig Burley, for some or no reason, he tried to play a back pass yep. back to uh, Hitchy uh, in, in, in goals Hitchcock, then, Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. a Hitchcock. And, and 
everybody stopped. And then I thought, shit, it's gone up in my size. So I to try. If I would have been okay, I would have probably got the ball. Uh, because everything was delayed action. I think Beckham scored. And he didn't, he didn't kick a ball all day, but he scored that goal. I think that was one all. I, I don't know then. We got beat 2-1. Okay, of, yeah. of, 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 right, all, I, I can't. I would, and I think everybody was gutted. I was gutted. I think Steve Clark went off and also he, he, lo- he lost his two fullbacks. I don't think, did Dan Petrescu play in that game? He didn't, did he? I don't believe so, no. I don't think Dan played in that. I think he was injured and all. Uh, I think he got injured on the international duty because I think Steve Clark played right back, of I'm sure. I was just going to say, did Glenn want to take you off? Was there a sort of a, a sort of conversation between you and Glenn at the time that? No, I just, I just had to, I just had to put my hand up and say, listen, I, 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 I'm no good. I, I tried it, tried it, uh, and I just had to come off. It was just no, it was just no good, and I didn't want to make it any worse, you know. So uh, that that was me, and you know, the semi-finals, you think quarter-finals, semi-finals, but you're never going to get there again. That was your last involvement that season because come the summer, Glenn would leave to join the... And, and can I ask you something? Can I, can I say something? Yes, of course. I was, absolute, I was absolutely gutted, you know, when Glenn went and he took the England job. You know, I was absolutely... I, I, you know, I was absolutely gutted because when, you, when a manager brings you in, he brings you in to build a club and build a unit and build... And then when you get up and leave and you think... Well, was the heart really there in the first place? I know the England job is the England job, but have a have a little bit. And I'm not blaming Glenn. I'm just thinking if you've brought players in and you've sold the blueprint and the club to them and everything, then you know it's 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 a difficult one because yeah, England come calling, but for me, he should have stayed. He should have stayed for at least another year or two and seen this team nourish and and challenge the best teams in Europe. You know, and he left, and everybody was gutted. Everybody was absolutely gutted, honestly. And I was so gutted that it was like when Peter Reid left, the same thing. Maybe it was just me. Maybe when managers got me, I got in the sack. I don't know. Just just to point out, Dan Petrescu was injured in that game. He he, he was not part of that game against Manchester United. Talking about when... When Glenn left, was you equally as surprised that Rude got the job as player coach? I was. I was. I think everybody was surprised. I think you know when. I don't think that would ever happen this day and age. I don't care. I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think you know nowadays in the Premiership. You know, I don't think that would happen. I. I, I you know, obviously Rude asked to change, he has to adapt to certain situations, he has to adapt to players, he knows players, he can't be the friend, yeah, he had his favourites, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know, he had this uh, persona about him, I, I think Graham Ricks was was the one who took everything, Graham Ricks was the coach, he was the manager, for me, Rico uh, was absolutely fantastic, and Gwyn, Gwyn Williams was brilliant. Uh, but for me, I don't know. I think you've got to go out and you've got to get a top manager for that for that job with the with the players they had. And yeah, that's all I, that's all I really got to say on that one. Because I remember the from again from talking to people and when I'm talking about that period in the nineties, I know there was a little bit of rumours that George Graham was linked with the job that Ken Bates allegedly was talking to George Graham. Was there any rumours amongst the dressing room about who could, who, if it wasn't rude, then who could it have been? Not really. I, I, you know, I never really focused on that, to tell you the truth. I, I, I couldn't really tell you. I just focused on trying, you know, to impress the new manager. Obviously, now he's a player manager, impress the coaching staff with my own performances, you know. Uh, and and, that, and that's what I tried to do basically, and, you know, really keep your place. Obviously, I, I had Andy Myers there. We had Scott Minto there, uh, wonderful football players. And, you know, as a left-back myself, you're thinking, right, you've got to be on, you've got to burn the balls of your feet every game and in training because you've got lads in there who are ready to come in, you know. Did you and Rude Hullick speak in, the, in that 
summer of 96 about his plans for you? Uh, not really, no, no. Everything right. was all right. I went away with Ireland. I think I went away to the to the USA with Ireland. Great, come back. Uh, started training, and I think I got a, I think I got a little bit of an Achilles uh, uh, Achilles uh, problem, and I got over that. And I thought, great, that was, and I was getting back fit. And I, I think I was in Rude's plans. I I, I, I wouldn't know, uh, but I think when you when you get injured, you know, it's not your fault. There's not a lot you can do about it. It's heartbreaking anyway. Uh, but you've got to, you've got to, you, people have got to trust that you get back and fit. Because don't forget, people have gone through that situation and all in their careers, and they know how difficult it is. Uh, I got Achilles injury, started coming back pre-season, fantastic, and we were just going to think play AC Milan in the San Siro, and I was ready to go, everything, and last kick of the ball, I hurt the side of me, side of my knee. There's a little muscle at the side of me. I thought, oh, here we go again. And uh, I, I never went. And obviously the lads went over there. They did well. And then obviously the team started to get picked. And I felt a little bit out of it because I'd just picked up one injury. I'd got over that. I'd come back very well. And then uh, I, I picked another injury up. Or it was vice versa. It was one of the two. Uh, and that, that, that hampered me a little bit, you know. It was a little bit stop-start for me, what I, what I can remember. And I, I, I was a little bit sad to tell you the truth, that, you know, I got overlooked. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, and I remember a reporter asking me, you know, what's the situation at Chelsea? And I just said, I, I don't know the situation. I don't know if I'm going to be playing anymore. I don't know if I'm surplus uh, to be sold. I'd like to play. I know I've got people who are going to challenge that position, but I think I'm good enough. I'm an Irish international. Not that that counts. We just lost the Euros, uh, obviously, uh, a playoff against Holland. So we never went to the Euros Island. We went to the USA. We didn't really want to go. We were tired. We were fatigued. Uh, and then coming back to the club, you're thinking, fresh challenge, here we go. One or two injuries, which every player has, and it's a nightmare. And I thought, am, am I in the plans here or not? I had a, a report come to me. I said, no, me and Rude haven't, we haven't talked. Hopefully I'm in his plans. If he talks to me, it'd be great, I, I, you know. And then it got blown out of proportion in the paper. Rude right. pulled me in and he said, what's this? I said, Rude, I'm honest. I, I, I was as straight as I was. It's, you know, I've been misquoted on certain things. It's not right. I phoned the reporter up. I had a right go at him. Uh, and thank you. I had a right go at him and just got me, just got me a cup of tea off the lads there. There you go. A cup, a, a cup of chai. Uh, and you know, I you know I remember I waited for a meeting and you know nothing really happened and you know I was dragged in into the first team, dragged back out again and I felt like a yo-yo. Right. You know, I felt like a yo-yo and I thought to myself, I haven't come to Chelsea uh, to be like this because I know I can play and I know it can be a big part and hmm. I can be a big part of, of Chelsea's plans. And do you know what? Uh, obviously. I was sad. I was upset. My family was back in back in the northwest. I said, "Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not going back to my apartment on my own. Not playing. You know, not knowing what I'm doing. I don't want to be sat. I do not want to be sat in the stand. That's not Terry feeling. Mm. You know, Terry feeling wants to play. Wants to play his heart out. Uh, and then obviously an offer coming from Everton out of the blue. I remember Matt, you saying, Terry, stay here, just stay here, you'll be okay. And I took the offer. Uh, I was, it, was, it was stupid. It was stupid. Maybe I shouldn't have done it. Maybe it was just emotions. Uh, I, my family was back up north. Family reasons went back up north. And I, w I, w I was really gutted, to tell you the truth. And then Chelsea went on to, you know, uh, obviously they won the FA Cup and one or two yeah. others. And then Viali had taken over. Uh, again, another player, player coach, but they were successful, so you can't, you can't knock them. But they had, they had some fantastic, wonderful array of players. I'm going to tell you that now, and you know, playing for Chelsea was is, was part of my life. And no matter where I go, I always, I always mentioned Chelsea Football Club. That was part of that. And my only down point was I wasn't part of winning a trophy with Chelsea. 
likewise with Manchester City, big clubs. You know, I was really, I was really down at that point. I was really down, and then I had to go to another club, prove myself again. And it was, it was, it, but I was a battler. I had that strength of mind and strength of body to really battle on and show people that, you know, uh, I can still go out and perform at the highest level, which I, which I was doing. Just to go back on obviously what you said about your departure from Chelsea, it was around about January of '97. You weren't getting a lot of games, as you said. I think you played in a couple of games against Bolton. You came on against Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, in the Premier League as well. You then went to join Everton for, I believe, the fee was around eight hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Where did the other one hundred and fifty thousand pound go? It was a million. Well that, <laughs> that, that, well, that might have gone in the back pocket, maybe. Yeah, it might have gone yeah. into someone's back pocket, but yeah, well, it did go in mine anyway. <laughs> you you mentioned about one of the factors in terms of the fact that you weren't playing regular football and you had the conversation with Mark Hughes. Was there other players that was sort of coming up to you and said, listen, you know, give it to at least the end of the season? Was you, would you say that it was a little bit I mean, too... I, I, listen, I, I, no, I had to think about my island spot and all. That's right. You know, I had to think about the island spot because, you know, uh, we had, the, the World Cup was only around the corner. So, mm. you know, I had to think about my island team. I don't want to be, I didn't want to be sat in the stand. You know, no disrespect to anybody. I'm not saying I had an ego or I was better than anybody who was below me, but I was playing in the Irish side. I was, you know, I was playing well and I wanted to be still playing in the Ireland side because, you know, football was my life. It was my love. And I, anybody who knows Terry Phelan will tell you, when I went on that pitch, I gave 150%. There was no messing about. It was the same in training. And I wasn't going to change my methods. And I didn't want to pick wages up to sit in the stand. That wasn't me. That wasn't Terry Phelan. Maybe other players wanted to do that and be happy playing in the reserves. But I, w- I, wasn't, I wasn't brought into the world not to play football. I was brought in the world to play football and that's what I did and I wasn't going to sit in the stand. And anybody will tell you how headstrong I was. And I said, well, I, was, I want to play. I don't care where to go and play. I want to go and play football. And I was gutted. I was gutted like I was gutted to leave... Uh, Man City, I was gutted to leave Chelsea. I, it, and it still it still breaks me out a little bit now, to tell you the truth. Really yeah. does. It, 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 I get a little bit sad uh, when I talk about it. And it, But I had some fantastic times at Chelsea. I played some fantastic football. And, you know, I, 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 I'm glad I played along some wonderful players, you know. Now, we could talk about the current day football at the moment and one topic that people sometimes want to talk about other times people can't stand and a lot of people have opinions on it and that's VAR now we're out we're off the season now we're obviously going to have a, a nice little break we're going to gear up for the new season but what's been your take on VAR the last sort of few seasons that it's been in existence Good and bad, good and bad. You know, if it's used right, it's really effective. You know, if it's used wrongly, it's not effective. And when I say when it's wrongly, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit dubious with these handballs with, with, with defenders. You know, we've seen one in the FA Cup with, with Walker. You know, Carl uh, Walker. The referee doesn't know what's going on. Uh, he doesn't see it as a, as a, as a penalty. It goes up to VAR. The lad Walker doesn't know where the ball is. His, his, his arms have got to go somewhere. He can't jump out of the water like a sea lion, you know, or, or up into the air like a sea lion. He's got to put his hands up to get that uh, that moment and that, that, that height. He doesn't know where the ball... And the ball hits his hand. His hand doesn't hit the ball. Penalty. Now, it goes to VAR, and VAR turns around to say to the ref, it's a penalty, but yet the ref has gone, no penalty-like kind of thing. Is that to go into VAR? For me, that's that's dubious. You know, and then on the good things, if you're offside, you're offside. Now, you might be only offside by a millimetre. You're offside, you're offside. As simple as that. And, and the good things, tackles, yeah, late tackles. I think it's, stamp, it's stamping that out. I don't mind that. But, you know, you look at the fiasco, what happened at Anfield, where they couldn't see the corner being taken. You know, uh, for me, for me, You've got people up there. You've got four people up there 
with monitors all over, and they and and they can see maybe putting a football player up there. I, I don't know, but for me, they've got to sort it out. And it's got to be a, it's got to be a little bit more cleaner and a bit more crisper. Yeah, is effective. Yeah, but sometimes it's not effective. Would you keep it in terms of expanding it? Maybe you know changing things around. Well, well, if we talk about offsides. Then that's a, that's a that's a big one, you know. I think it's coming and it's it saved a lot of clubs, maybe a lot of money from going down or winning a championship or winning an EPL or winning that vital three points away from home, you know. And somebody's gone offside, they've scored, hold it, they are great. No offside. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they have like they have in cricket. I don't know, and it's up to the captains to call. I don't know. I know rugby, uh, they have a bit, you know, is it spoiling the game because it's taking too much time? It stops, start, stop, start. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it does happen. You look at the the goal what Tottenham scored against Manchester City in the Champions League that time, you know, the near post, blatant handball, blatant handball, come off the knee, onto the hand, into the back of the net, no goal. They've got VAR all over the place. So tell me about that then. This is what we're on about. So for me, uh, can, we, we can take it or leave it. It doesn't really bother me. But in a good way, it has, it, it has saved teams from, from maybe going down or getting beat at that vital point, especially with offsides. Now, I want to talk about today's Chelsea. We've got a new manager again with Mauricio Pochettino. There's been plenty of changes. There's going to be more changes coming. What's been your take on Chelsea of 2023? I feel sorry for the fans. The fans go there every week, 50-odd thousand every week, paying the money. Uh, they want the money to be spent well. They want, the, they want to see superstars coming in there. I think there's players being bought which wasn't by the, re- the manager before, you know. Uh, you know. Obviously, they've got an owner coming in there, splash, splashing the cash. Which is great, uh, but you've got a surplus of players there. A manager's got to come in. He's got to keep a lot of players happy. He's got to keep players what maybe he doesn't want, and he's got to try and get rid of them. And he's got to clean that dressing room up. He's got to clean it up. I mean, you know, you know, if we, if we look at Thomas, absolutely fantastic what he did. You know, they get beat off Shaq to the next. In the Champions League, I think it was 1-0 over there and everything is blown out of proportion. Why they got rid of him, I, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't know. I don't know the reasons inside of Chelsea why that happened. Uh, obviously, they bring in a, a, another manager in. It doesn't quite work out. That manager spends 250000 or, or whatever, £250 million. And then they bring another manager in and they bring another... Uh, 300 million of players in, uh, you know. And I wonder where these players have come from and what they're actually, how, you know, a squad of 40 are going to play and they've spent God knows how much how much money. That That's the disappointing part, you know. Uh, and it's they've been no better off. Where did they finish in the league? 12. That's what you've got to ask yourself. Yeah. 12. This is Chelsea, by the way, who spent something like, God knows, five, six hundred million, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Is that right? Am I on yeah. that? Am I on that figures? Yeah. You know, think about the back. Think about the cost of the the, the full backs and centre backs was three hundred million alone. <laughs> you know, uh, they had, they didn't have a centre forward. You know, uh, Conti was uh, was injured. You know, and I just think, you know, it must be the only industry in the world where. People go out, they spend all this money, but yet they finish outside the top 10 and they must like throwing money away. I don't understand it and I will never understand it. Surely there's got to be some due diligence done on what players are going to fit the model of Chelsea. You know, uh, Graham Potter coming in, was he given time? No, he had, he had a dressing room which was disgruntled. He had players in there who wasn't playing. I thought, I thought it was disgusting from the players, if I'm asking you. If you you world-class players out there. Saw it out amongst yourselves in the dressing room. 
Get out there and play for the fans. Don't let the fans down. This is Chelsea Football Club. This is not just any old club these, these players are coming to play for. But obviously, you know, Frank goes in there. Did he really play for Frank? No. You know, they're Andy pandying about, bitching and moaning like little boys. Get out there. Roll your sleeves up. You know, play for a, a world-class club what's won trophies and won cha- two Champions Leagues and EPLs on multiple occasions and FA Cups. Does that not mean nothing to the present clock? You know, a player comes in and I'm having a moan-up now. I'm having a real good moan-up. You know, a player comes in for 100 million. I, I've never seen him take a player on, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, what, who, who bought that player? I'm sure it wasn't the manager. But does agents just get in the mind of the owner say, look, he's a good player, get him in? Chelsea probably got five or six of the same players. They've probably got that in the U23s. They've probably got that out on loan. Lukaku, they send out on loan. They've got no, they've got no centre forward. Work with Lukaku. Work around him. Build your team around him. They bought him for 100 million. You know? But yet they haven't got a centre forward. And now they finish 12th. I think it's disgusting, to tell you the truth. And I think the players have got to pull the socks up. Not the fans. The players have to pull the socks up because it cannot always be the manager. It can't be. They've got a good manager in now, Pochettino. He knows the way it is. He's lived in London. He knows he's done absolutely well at Tottenham. He's been at Southampton. He knows where the land lies. And he's got to go in there. He's got to clean that club up and he's got to clean it up quickly. Uh, because we want Chelsea up there challenging with the best. They do not need to be down where they're down. That's like being relegated, to tell you the truth. And, hey, listen, will the, will the players be okay with it? I don't go on holiday, I would okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think it's absolutely disgusting where Chelsea finished. And that's my say on it. I think you've just spoken for every Chelsea fan, Terry, so thank you very much for that. That has been, that has been a very frustrating season. In terms of for even from all the way back in August to May, it was just, it's just been a terrible season. But yeah, but, but 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 we can't we can't blame Graham Potter. You know, Graham Potter's that he's done wonders at all right, Brighton. Who's this lad coming in? Who's he hasn't won nothing? Blah blah blah. We know we know that, but you can't. He's he's going to take the job if a job like Chelsea gets offered to him. He's going to take the job. You know, but. Give the man. I know he wasn't maybe liked in the dressing room because he didn't shout and howl and scream. He, he was probably just using a different mindset. You know, I'm sure his training principles was good, but you've got to look at the players. I, I, I sound like Roy Keane, my Irish uh, buddy. You've got to start looking at the players, haven't you? Really? Yeah. Players, really? Have a, players have got a lot to answer for. There's a lot of those players <laughs> that should not be at the club. There's a lot of those players that are on high wages that are not value for money. So fingers crossed, you know, by the time the, end so. of the transfer window goes. Listen, that listen they, let's uh, be honest. Listen, no European football for Chelsea. No European football. Hey, hang on a minute. West Ham have just won the Conference League. <laughs> hey, no, no. Uh, you know, Arsenal are in the Champions League. They come second. They had a bleep. You know, Tottenham. But, but Chelsea, I mean, we don't want to, and I say we, we don't want to be the laughing stock. You know, we don't want to be that. We don't want to be that, that club that spends a million billion pounds on players that just go nowhere. Come on, lads, let's get, let's get this sorted out. Get the fans back in there. The fans will sing the songs. Get pre-season done. Pull your socks up, players. If you're listening to me as an ex-player, you know, you might say, I don't know nothing, but let me tell you something now. It's a wonderful club. They've got wonderful supporters. They've got a manager who's going to come in now and play attractive football. It's up to the players now to start doing the business. Could not have said it better myself, Terry. Fantastic. Last question, Tell. And again, thanks for coming on to the show. How do you look back on your time at Chelsea Football Club? How do I look back on my time? Uh, the wonderful time. There was, there was players there who I loved. I, I, I get goose pimples, like I said. My hairs, I, I love it. You know, uh, I, 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 you know, only for the injuries. You know, a little bit of injuries here, there, and then. You know, maybe taking the wrong step uh, because of emotions uh, and that emotional state. 
maybe I could have stayed at Chelsea for the rest of my life. That would have been that would have been that would have been wonderful. Uh, but Terry Phelan was always built to play football and not sit in a stand and take his wages because I was taking the the wages what hard earned support. And I'll say this, and it's it's not a cliche. Hard earned supporters, week in week out. I didn't want to. I, I was embarrassed. If I was sat in the stand, it was embarrassing for me. It was embarrassing, and I I would have rather sat at home so nobody seen me. Uh, to tell you the truth, so when I was there, I had a wonderful time. I thank everybody at the club. I still talk to people at the club. Uh, Jody Morris, in particular, uh, uh, obviously John Terry, you know, and there was some wonderful people there. And I was glad I played in that team with some wonderful world superstars. It, it was it was great. I'm glad I played with Zola. God bless him. Gianluca Viali, Mark Hughes, my little pal Dennis, uh, obviously Rude and Frank LaBeouf and we'll, we'll go down to Trescu and Johnny Spencer and Andy Myers and, you know, you go on and on and on and just, 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 just wonderful. Well, Tell, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been very much appreciated. Hope things are well back over in India and it'll be great one yeah. day to see you back at the bridge real soon. Well, thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.